Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. Today, we are joined by Jessica Rowland. She's a feminist and a human rights activist, passionate about advancing women's rights and gender justice. She currently works as a senior specialist for inclusive peace for the Network for Religious and Traditional Peacemakers. She also volunteers as the North America Community Lead Coordinator for Zahara's Dream. And she joins us from Long Island, New York. Jessica, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Jessica, I am excited to have you here with us and to talk with you. And my first question just has to be, what does a senior specialist for inclusive peace do? It's really just a broader understanding of being inclusive uh, within peace processes, making sure that women and youth and all their diversities are, you know, both leading and participating in these peace processes. So including all of your LGBTQ, your uh, individuals with disabilities, I mean, the whole, the whole range of people who are often left out of these processes and, and having their voices heard. So my role is, is to advance their leadership and participation. Why is it important for you to be a part of these spaces, um, you know, whether it's advocacy or um, the empowerment of women and girls? Why, why is it important for you? I got involved in this space more broadly um, from other gender-related injustices that I've come across in, in my life. I mean, in being honest, uh, I grew up in a, in a home full of domestic violence. Um, I experienced rape at a young age. I mean, it was just things after time and time again that um, just added up. And, and it's true in what they say, if you're if you're not solving some of these issues when they when they come about um if you're not addressing these injustices it it consumes you and and in my way it it made my kind of life work and and mission um to make it where it wasn't the same for other women and girls and so it really set the tone and, and direction um that i went in with my work thank you for sharing that jessica you reference domestic violence in your household growing up and being raped, which is uh, obviously a, a traumatic experience. And you mention it in a way that makes me believe that you have done a lot to deal with that and to move forward. What did you do to move forward? for me, it was always a drive. And I, I always had one drive and that was to then make something of myself, not for anybody else, but for me, so that I could say that, you know, I might not have been able to control, you know, the environment that I grew up in or the environment that I was put in. Um, 
but I could try to control the larger dynamics at play that other women and girls were facing, which is why I'm not necessarily a social worker working one-on-one with someone in their trauma, but thinking about the larger systemic structure of how these things happen in, in a preventative way. What has it been like for you to share your story with other people? How, is, how has that experience allowed you to connect with others, uh, but also allowed you to um, understand like why it is important to share your story? It's not something that you get over. Right. You're always uh, revisiting and rethinking about it and, you know, years and years later, but it's it's how you are rebuilding from it like, and shaping and, and how you, you know, make decisions later on your views of the world. But, you know, you have to talk about it. For me, you know, when it happened, I was very young. And so I took that shame and that stigma of blaming myself. Why did you, why did you go to that party? Like, why were you there? You should have just been home. You know, it's the same excuses we give of like, well, why did she wear that skirt or why, you know, it's, it's the same type of thinking. Um, And if we don't have these conversations, um, especially with, with young girls about, you know, out loud, like that, these are, these are not, this is not your fault. These, these are environments that you cannot control. You cannot always be expected to anticipate these things. It's getting rid of that stigma and shame of saying it's, it's not, it's not your fault. You can't control these things. Getting rid of stigma and letting go of shame is something that many, many, many women face and grapple with. So how did you do it? How do you still do it? Being honest, I mean, I dealt with it in all the wrong ways as as a as a young teenager. I mean, I I mean, I, at the time I started exercising and physically taking it out on myself to the point of just you know to the exhaustion and and sleeping all the time. And I mean, just not the best way of handling. I mean, like I said, everybody deals and processes with things in different ways, and usually probably not in the most healthy of ways. Um, but that's that's why it's critical in these situations to have the relationships and the networks that, and the trust that you can lean on people. And, you know, it's hard because at the time I leaned on friends, but they're, they were young. They don't know what to do either. They don't know what to say. I mean, they can say supportive things, but like, what do you, you know, if you don't have the education or know-how or explanation of like what to, it's the same when someone's having suicidal thoughts, right? Like, we're, now they're coming out with TV shows and different things to explain to even young, younger kids, like, you know, how you may raise this to an adult or how you may approach it yourself. But I mean, if you don't have the, the adult, if you don't have the trust system there that you can lean in on, um, you just, you, you take it upon yourself. The only reason why I managed to push through, I, I just have this really weird and sometimes unhealthy drive <laughs> just to like uh, of like you gotta you've gotta you, you can't sit in this you gotta keep going um I mean I did have a really really good friend at the time that I was able to confide in and and really um build my relationship in that way so I was very fortunate for me it was not about addressing the harm that was done to me at that time it was more about you know, I'll show you about just what you just created, <laughs> what 
I'm going to become. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, like to go through that kind of trauma, how did it affect the way that you looked at men only because sometimes you go to the extreme of just hating, but also wanting others to hate? How did you address that? I just had huge trust issues to begin with. Um, so I wasn't the type of, of girl that had, you know, 10, 20 friends. I had two, right, really close ones because it was hard for me to really trust people. And it was the same with relationships. I was always picking the the best friend type. And so that's why when I was raped, I mean, for me, that was one of the hardest hitting moments because I had made that decision to be with that person. And it was in my mind, oh, this is something you can control because you can't control who your mom was married to or dating at the time. So that was that was like that really, for me, like the that moment of, where trust was an even harder issue. Um, so I've never, I've never had the perspective of all men are bad um, because I saw the dynamics of also when we talk about, you know, like masculinities and, and these toxic things that make men who they are. I mean, I saw the, the interplays between that of, you know, the dynamics of someone who's bipolar, for example, that she was married to at one time, like, yes, bad dude but what why what was making him this bad dude you know like what was it about his own traumas that he'd experienced and that I'd heard about that was making him this way so I mean you kind of learn you know even in all these tv shows too that you see this whole idea of like oh you can fix him no <laughs> don't that is the biggest lie the biggest thing in all these movies that just makes me cringe now we have this like thing embedded in young girls of like, oh, he's just so misunderstood. You can fix him. You can make him better. It's like the worst advice. And I think having that realization as a early on, um, I mean, I think that really helped to shape that that mindset, I guess, in, in my view of men. Given your journey, how can we, Sharon and myself, others who are listening, encourage other women and girls to, to confidently use their voice and claim their power. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's always listening to what their unique needs are because every, every girl, young woman, woman, every need is different. And it's also about building confidence and giving opportunities, leveraging the networks that you have, offering the learnings that you've, you've gained. Right. So if you, if you, for example, like when we're, when I'm meeting with, uh, young woman coming out of university, like the tricks of the trade that I learned about what to put on your resume or what to put in your cover. I mean, these, these basic things that you just have to take the time and make the space to do. I mean, yes, we all have busy lives and, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but if someone re- has, has the courage to reach out on LinkedIn, even if they don't know you, like, take the time, you know, you have, that's, it's one, one young woman at a time. And so making, again, listening, making the space, building that confidence, building those networks. I mean, that's everything. Jessica, thank you so much for this time that you've spent with us. I'm just so inspired by you. I'm so inspired by your passion. And I know that our listeners will be as well. Um, And so thank you for making the time. And to our listeners, thank you for making the time to listen to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. Jessica, I add my thanks as well. I am 
very moved by what you have said and grateful to you for sharing your story with such candor and your advice with such enthusiasm. So thank you very much. Yodit, thank you. It has been truly an honor to have this conversation with the two of you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Yodit. And thank you, Sharon. I'm sorry it wasn't a <laughs> happier conversation, but I told you like, I'm always, I'll always be honest. Jessica, it was the perfect conversation. It was the conversation that we were meant to have today because it's your story mm-hmm. and every woman's story matters. And it's her story, not like someone else's. So please know how grateful we are that you are here and that you talked about the things that you talked about because many, many women will relate. I'm sad to say that many, many women will relate, but they will. So it's very powerful. Thank you. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.